This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. To the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2, we're in a second week, we're in the second week of a series called Be Real. Everyone say those words, Be Real. And the point of this series is because life's too short to be fake. Life is too short to live behind a mask and to be fake. And I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. I'm going to read it first today in King James. And then I'm going to uh, help you maybe break it down a little bit better. And I'm going to read it to you from the message. This is our scripture for the month. 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, chapter 4, verse 2, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Renouncing, turning away from hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking or living in craftiness or manipulation. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Twisting the word of God, teaching, preaching, even believing false doctrines, if you will. But by the manifestation or the revealing of truth. And I love it closing by commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now the message, the message transliteration of this particular scripture it reads as this, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. Rather, we keep everything we do and say in the open. Let's get started today. Last week, I started the series out with a pretty strong sermon. Uh, last week's message was pretty strong, uh, one of the stronger ones that, that I would preach on a Sunday. Might, might teach that way a lot on Wednesdays to the church, but last Sunday morning, I preached a message unmasking our dark side, and every single one of us in this room, we have a dark side that we need to unmask in other words, we need to start being real with the fact that we all have some issues that we're working through. And the only way that you'll ever be healed of a problem is taking the problem to Jesus. One of the worst mistakes you can ever make with a problem is, first of all, not acknowledging you have a problem. And the second worst mistake you can have uh, with a problem is you trying to solve it yourself. Wake up call, news flash, none of us are gifted in problem solving. 
we are sure gifted in creating problems. Don't, don't nudge your neighbor like that. But Jesus is the problem solver. Can I get an amen? Well, today, we're going to kind of we're going to kind of pull back just a little. I'm going to let you breathe a little bit because last Sunday, I'm not sure how many of you enjoyed your lunch. Last Sunday was one of those messages where that the best meal you've ever been served, still, it still tasted a little bitter. It was so strong of a sermon. But today, I'm going to teach more of an application message that every single one of us in this room needs freedom in. We need this message. I, I threw out something on social media this week that this is the kind of message you can't afford to miss because it will set you free. This message will set you free in daily, in daily application. It will set you free. And I'm going to be talking today on unmasking conflict. Unmasking conflict. Most of most people handle conflict the wrong way. If there's anybody that needs to hear this message more than preach this message, it's me. I have uh, dropped the ball in so many arenas of conflict, and I'm going to share a little bit of how I have messed things up in conflict today. Again, this this series is being real. And uh, last week I told you I've, I've stood in the pulpit and preached before with more questions than answers. And uh, today I'm going to be preaching on conflict and just being honest with you. Conflict is an issue with me that I don't handle well all the time. I've had a few times I've handled it the right way. And boy, does it go better. And then there's been times I've not handled conflict well. And I've paid the great price for it. Here's one way that most people deal with conflict. They just try to laugh their way through it or smile their way through it. But the Bible tells us in Proverbs, the wise man, the wise writer of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 13 in the Living Bible says, you know, laughter cannot mask a heavy heart. Why? Because when the laughter ends, when the laughter ends, the grief remains. And we might be able to put that mask on that has a big smiley face and bright eyes. And that mask looks like everything's good. You know, you can go through a trial, a hardship. But you put that mask on and tell your wife that you're good. You tell your kids it's all good. But when the, when the mask is off, the grief remains. Well, that's just one quick example. I'm going to dig a little deeper here for the next few minutes. Let me set this up for us. And then, as we often do, we'll, we'll turn the corner, we'll make the turn, and we'll, we'll deal uh, with the Word of God and how to set us free from some of these issues of conflict. Let me, this is what I'm going to do for you today. I'm going to share with you what I feel are some of the worst, uh, most damning and condemning ways, dangerous ways of dealing with conflict. And what I want you to do for me is... Be honest, be real enough, and acknowledge if, if, if you've ever dropped the ball in one of these areas or if you've seen it happen before. And I want to I make sure that we're all tracking together, okay? So here we go. The very first one out of the chute on this is an awful way of dealing with conflict. And I've already told you that I struggle with this. And this is my method of dealing with conflict. 
And this is the one that bites me in the backside. This is the one that I deal with after it's over. I have to go and make it right and clean it up. And my method of dealing with conflict is inherited. I get it naturally from my father. And I'm just being honest. The quicker, the quicker you realize that you do have this thing called DNA, the quicker you realize that you inherit some traits, man. I see this in my own children. One of my daughters, no names mentioned, looks like her mama and acts like her daddy. And therefore, we rumble. One of my daughters has a tendency to look a little bit more like me and acts like her mama. And we get along real good. Here's the first one. Y'all ready for it? And again, I told you, I'm going to be real, so I'm asking you to be real. I have a tendency when there's conflict to try to dominate it. That's my biggest issue. And it's personality-driven. It's blood-driven. It's DNA-driven. It's wiring-driven. It's chemistry-driven. It's how I'm wired but I want to be real clear and tell you, you don't have an excuse just because you're wired a certain way doesn't give us, those that are wired this way, it doesn't give us permission to do things in the wrong way. Just because I have a natural tendency does not mean that it's okay. Why is that? Because if I'm born again, <laughs> if I'm born again, the old man has now become new, and my job now is not salvational. Only Jesus can handle the salvational, but my job, Pastor Don, is for me to keep that old man pressed down in the corner, kept in check, and every time he wants to rise up, I've got I've to point at him and say, hey, that's the old, Tommy. I've been born again. Stay over there in that corner. You're real. I'm not acknowledging that you don't exist, but I am acknowledging that he's real and he's greater than this. That's my natural. I've got to tap into my supernatural. So what is the dominant way? If I think there's conflict, my natural tendency is right now, right now, we're going to settle it and I'm going to win it. And I get my little Banny rooster chest out, and son, I get bristled up, and if I think there's a conflict, we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to get it on right now. We're going to settle the conflict. Don't do that with Denora. <laughs> if you've ever asked your spouse or your friend, is he limping? Yeah, I was limping, and I had a reason to limp because I tried to dominate the conflict with my little Hispanic goddess. And she took out that Compton switchblade and did a number on me. And just for the record, I'm not profiling. She actually lived in Compton. So I can get away with a lot with this marriage. <clears throat> I have a tendency. And I'm not going to ask you to put yourself on this stage and have to be as real as I'm being. But some of you, this is your way. 
And it's not just male-centered. There's some females that when there's conflict, you go into that persona. And how I'm going to settle it is my way. And when I'm going to settle it is now. And we're going to move on. And you're going to know and I'm going to know that it's been settled. But ladies and gentlemen, trust me. Because this one is mine and that's why I'm speaking about it first. This one has great problems that are birthed from this. And the sooner that Pastor Tommy Brandon takes that mask off and gets real with it, that it is a problem, I'll always have to go make things right. And there's some of you in this room that you're like me. You have to make things right a lot of times. And we're in this, we're in this journey of developing and maturing and it is a reminder that you've yet arrived. And it's a reminder, a gentle reminder, but yet poignant that the Holy Spirit is still doing a work in you. Now, that's one extreme, to dominate conflict. That's me. I'm going to dominate conflict. But then there's the other extreme, and that's the individual that wants to ignore conflict. And this is as dangerous as the dominant personality. This one is just as dangerous and it creates just as many problems. It's just different problems. This is the person that says, I don't like conflict. I don't like conflict so much that I'm going to ignore conflict and I'm going to believe that there is no conflict because if I can just get time, time is going to heal. Hey guys, I know that's a cute little cliche that grandmother passed down, but Time doesn't heal. Time is just time. Time is just time. Time doesn't heal. Only the Holy Spirit can heal. You can go 20 years. You may forget some things, but you've not been healed of them. The wound may have become a scar, and it may not be, uh, it may not be as painful to the touch, but you weren't healed from it. So if there's been conflict with children, if there's been conflict with a boss, if there's been conflict, are you ready? If there's been conflict with oneself, just because you get a few weeks behind you and just because you get a few hours behind you doesn't mean the conflict was resolved. You can't ignore conflict. Now, you can't dominate it because that's not healthy, but you sure can't ignore it either. Let's move forward. Some of you are looking at me like a deer in headlights. There's a third way that's unhealthy as well, and that is to whine about conflict. Now, if you want the dominant person if you want to put gas on the dominant personality's fire, start whining about the conflict. There's nothing worse than a person that's entering into conflict in a marriage, in parenting, a conflict with money, a conflict with, with, with uh, self-confidence, a conflict, emotional conflict. There's nothing worse than someone to go into whine mode, complaining mode. 
All right, let me just call it for what it is, victim mode. Well, you know, we're in this conflict, and you're just, you know, you're just pouncing on me, but you don't know how I, I haven't slept in a few days. And, and, and my, my, you know, I, I, my, I, you know, I just, I, 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 okay, we're not resolving anything if you're the victim here. Y'all want to go eat? Man, some of y'all look so miserable right now. Last night, Denora and I were with a couple from our church. And we were talking about the ladies' retreat. And uh, back, I, I think it was September or maybe October at some point, here in the last several weeks, the ladies had an awesome retreat. Had about 80-something women off at, at one of these retreat centers. And they had a fabulous time. But there, there was a moment. There was a moment at the retreat in one of the breakout times that Holy Spirit Holy Spirit began to do a really strong work of, of, of bringing revelation and insight and people started having light bulb moments of themselves. <laughs> Some of you are having light bulb moments right now of yourself, and it doesn't feel good, does it? Because if you're the dominant one, you're already thinking, yeah, that's, that is definitely how I've messed things up before. And if you're the one that has ignored it, you definitely feel, yeah, that's me, man. It's, it's, that's how I've handled it, and it's not healthy. And then there's a, those of you... This is the one that's hard to own up to, and that's the whining about conflict. Listen to me. Put your big boy britches on. Put your big girl britches on. When there's conflict, it's not healthy to go whining about the conflict. And trust me, we're going to make the turn in just a moment. You're going to understand the purpose of conflict in our lives. There is a spiritual, healthy reason for conflict. And there is a way to resolve it that brings glory to God and health to your own life. But whining about it is not one of the ways. Here's a fourth one for you. And that is white flag surrender. You know the person. When there's conflict, their way out of the conflict is... Fine, fine, fine. You win. You, you win. You win. You are the smartest one in the room. You're always right. I know you win. You win. I'm out. I'm out. I'm, not, I'm done. You, you Surrender. You win. You win. You're right. And they got that little smile that you just want to knock right off their face. Or maybe that's the dominant one, right? Because the dominant one, when he sees that, he's like, I'm trying my best to keep that old man in the corner. And I just want to hit somebody right now. No, you win. You're always the winner. That's not healthy. So, again, we can't dominate the conflict. We can't ignore the conflict. We definitely cannot take the posture of whining through the conflict. But you cannot go the extreme of surrendering. You know, a lot of Christians, they say, well, well, this is what Jesus would do. No. Jesus would never surrender to conflict or he never would have went to the cross. <laughs> he, would have, he would have stood, not sat, he would have stood in the Garden of Gethsemane and walked out. But rather, 
He dealt with the conflict. But he did it in a way that heaven was glorified, and he did it in a way that created health for all parties involved. Are you with me this morning? Well, it's the Christian thing to do, just to, just to surrender. No, it's not the Christian thing to do. Sometimes the conflict is over truth. Sometimes the conflict is over righteousness. Sometimes the conflict is over holiness. Sometimes the conflict is over godliness. And it's not the godly thing to do to surrender to something that's anti-word or anti-spirit or anti-holy or anti-godly or ungodly. That's The wise thing is not to surrender to the ungodly because that's just how Jesus would do. No, no, no. Take your little WWJD bracelet off for a minute until you fully understand what it means. Because Jesus would not surrender to, to unholy, ungodly, unrighteous, unbiblical conflict. And then there's the final one, and this is the one that we're dealing with primarily in our time, in our generation there is an extreme move. There is a strong support of this way of dealing with conflict, and it's causing great tragedy in our country. And that is to just end it. Just to end it. Not to be confused with dominated, but end it. If I have conflict, then fine. We just need to separate and part ways. You're dead to me. And that's why people will quit jobs over nothing. That's why people will leave marriages over small things. That's why people will walk away from mortgages and just leave it. They're not worried about their credit rating. They're not worried about the health of the children in the marriage separation. They're not worried about the, about the uh, reference issues that walking away, walking away from the job is going to cause. They just don't want conflict so much. Oh, there's conflict. Okay, I'm out. And they're done. They walk away because they, they, they don't want to be guilty of dominating it. They're not going to ignore it. They don't want to be guilty of whining about it. They're, they're not going to surrender to it. So they just think, I have no other option, Pastor Tommy. I'm just done. I'm ending it. They walk away from churches. They hear one song that they don't, they're not a fan of. And, oh, I'm, I, there's conflict. I cannot. I, I'm just out. And they walk away, walk away, walk away. And I'm going somewhere with it. They spend their lives in a rootless system because they never can stay anywhere long enough to resolve any conflict in a healthy way. So therefore, they, they're tossed by every wind. They're tossed by every wave. They're very shallow in their faith. They're very shallow in their commitments. They're very shallow in their steadfastness because they can't handle conflict. So, let's make the turn. Because some of you right now feel like ending this sermon. There's a conflict with this message and I'm done, right? You're asking your wife right now, not by verbal, but you're texting the one next to you, sitting next to you. You think there's still coffee out there in the lobby? I'll be right back. So let's make the corner. Let's make the corner here. There is a way of handling conflict the right way. And I want you to say it out loud. Say, 
I will handle conflict the right way, which is the Bible way. Hey, everybody. This book is still our lifeline. Now, we could bring in some sharp thinker to give us conflict, uh, resolve, resolving conflict methods and steps. But I can tell you right now, if it's not biblically sound and rooted in the Word of God, it will not sustain through all conflict. But the point of the Word of God is not to just be inspirational, but practical, doable. This handbook for the Christian, for the men and the women of God, there is a passage of Scripture that I'm fixing to give you today that will literally set you free from all conflict issues. The key, though, is for me and for you to work the principle. Because the principle will not work if you don't work the principle. Let's turn there this morning to the book of James we go for a few minutes. James chapter number 4. James chapter number 4. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 3. And this is the answer of taking off the mask and dealing with this tough topic called conflict. Husbands. Work the principle. Wives, work the principle. Parents, work this principle. Students, work this principle. Employers, work this principle. Employees, work this principle. It will work if you work it in any and all conflicts. James 4, 1 through 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come? From your desires that battle within you. You want something but don't get it. You kill and covet but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. The word of God over the next 10 minutes is fixing to set you free from your dominating, ignoring, white flagging or surrendering, whining, and ending of conflict. Let's break it down today. Right out of the chute in his scripture, in his writing, we see, and by the way, this is, this, this, this is life-giving at its finest of Scripture. Don't they come, conflict, trials, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Y'all want to know what the common denominator of every conflict you've ever been in? You were in it. Do you want to know what every common denominator of every conflict you've ever been in? You 
you were in it. Is it possible? <laughs> that you're the problem. <laughs> Is it possible that every conflict you found yourself in, you were in it. You may be the problem. That's impossible. <laughs> it's always him. It's always her. You know me, pastor. If you can't get along with me, it's on you. I'm good. I'm nice. I'm sweet. I'm fifth, hey, this, this, uh, only this illustration could be told in a series called Be Real. Son, I've got the, the finest, sweetest woman on the planet Earth. And this week, she so helped me, God. I said, you just need to be sweet. She said, I don't do sweet. <laughs> she just said, tell them the rest of the story. That's not the point. If I told him the rest of the story, it wouldn't be a good sermon illustration. <laughs> but trust me, she does sweet, muy bueno. She does sweet really good. Hey, everybody. The Bible says before you start trying to dominate your problem, before you ignore it, before you dare whine about it, before you give into it, before you walk away from it, your first step of healthy conflict resolution might be, might be for you to take a look at yourself and ask yourself, is this about the conflict? Is this about him? Is this about her? Or is this something down deep within me that's causing this? And I'm telling you, this point nailed my hide. Because I'm not even going to say almost every time. Every single time I get into a conflict, it really is about me. I didn't like the way he looked at me. I didn't like the way she sounded when she said it. I didn't like what they were thinking when they thought it. How do you know what they were thinking? Because I'm right. You see, you see my point? Hey, everybody, if you want to solve conflict without ever dropping the ball, start with you because you are in the conflict. But that's not natural. That is not normal. It is not easy. Your first step in handling a conflict is not, am I the problem? And if you do that, it's definitely condescending. Oh, is this my, am I the problem? Don't do that to me. But if you're sincere and really look within yourself, well, let me, tell you, let me tell you how Jesus taught this. He taught this in another way in the book of Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 and 4. This is how he handled it. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that, let me, let me, let me take that speck out of your eye. When all the time there's a plank in your eye? I've got, this, I've got this two by four stuck in my eye and I'm worried about the little splinter in yours. 
And the conflict is, I need to take care of that splinter for you because, you know, I'm smarter than you. I'm better than you. I'm right. You're wrong. Let me help you with that splinter that's causing you your problems. But yet, <laughs> I try to dominate that or I try to ignore that. I try to whine about that. I try to walk away from that. Well, he won't let me handle his splinter issue, so I'm out. He won't let me deal with that splinter issue, so won't you please? I just haven't dealt with anybody's problems in a while, and I really want to feel good about me. Let me handle your problems. Or I just try to tackle him and deal with his issues. And the whole while, the whole while, I've got this crazy two-by-four hanging out of my, my eye. First step into resolving conflict, man from a healthy biblical perspective, is looking at yourself and taking the mask off and realizing I'm actually trying to handle a conflict when I've got some stuff in my own heart that needs some attention. I'm a messed up dude, and I'm sitting here trying to handle someone else's problems that I'm having conflict with. You ever notice how how much grace we give ourselves and how much judgment we give others. Somebody say, preach to me. We are so forgiving and understanding of ourselves and so quick to be offended by someone else's. We give ourselves a pass. Well, my intentions were right. That doesn't mean that the words didn't hurt. We give ourselves a pass. Well, my motives were pure. That doesn't mean that there wasn't pain caused. But we're so quick. We're so quick to give ourselves a pass, and we're so quick to just pounce on other people, which creates the conflict. And then we screw things up and drop the ball when we don't handle the conflict properly. All the while, if we would be as grace-giving to others and a little bit more hard on ourselves, now not unhealthy, in a, you know, not, not condemning of ourselves, but in a way that, here, let me ask you this. The measure of grace that you give to other people, how would you appreciate that measure coming back to you? Are you grace-giving enough to place yourself under that measure of grace that's coming back to you? So before you send off that email, hammering down on that employee, before you honk that horn, before you scream, before you swing, before you do anything, you might want to look within yourself, take that mask off, and deal with the bigger issue, that's you. Second thing found in the word of God that we just read. Talk to God first. Everybody, throw your hands up like this. Say, time out. Talk to God. Let's do it again. Time out. Talk to God. I'm going to start doing this in my house when my kids start scrapping. Time out. Talk to God. Time out. Talk to God. 
Because I can tell you right now, prayer softens everything. Before you let your mouth start running, and before you let your emotions start running, and before you let your, your, your hands start moving, why don't you take a time out and talk to God? Because I can guarantee you one thing. Talking to God will keep you from trying to dominate it, ignore it, whine about it, surrender to it, and ending it. God, God, if he's talked to before, can keep you from making a mess out of a mess. Here's what the word of the Lord says. Proverbs 18 and 13. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. James 1 and 19 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be, say this out loud, quick to listen. Say this, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Hey, guys, I wrote it this way in my notes. I wish I, I should have made a slide of it. Listening plus slow to speaking equals peace. We do it completely backwards. We speak out of anger without ever listening. And then we go get the vacuum and the broom and have to clean it up. If you're looking to get this mask of conflict off and to deal with these things a little bit more wisely, let's, let's look at ourselves first. Let's take these things to God. Let's talk to God first. Let's listen. And let's be real slow to respond. Thirdly, as I begin to close, if Jeff can help me today, let God do a work in you in the conflict. 1 Peter chapter 1, 6 through 7 in the Living Bible. <laughs> this is crazy. So be glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though the going is rough for a while down here, these trials, these conflicts, are only to test your faith, to see whether or not it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests gold and purifies it. Here it is, everybody. Your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried in the best or in the test cube of fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day of his return. In other words, the reason for a lot of conflicts are for us to model, to manifest, to be an example of how a born-again, supernatural child of God is to navigate real life problems. The old man, boy, he wants to pop up and handle it his way, the world's way, the flesh way, the carnal way, the sinful way. But if you've come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a better way. Embrace the conflict. Embrace it. Doesn't mean you have to go create it, but when it comes, 
embrace it, and take these steps. Check out yourself first. Talk to God about the conflict. Talk to God before you talk to people. And allow the Holy Spirit to coach you and to lead you, to perfect you in the conflict. Not only will it be resolved, but it will be healthy. And I close with this today. This is my final thing to tell you. One of the greatest ways to resolve conflict and nip it in the bud is stop Stop expecting from people what can only come from God. Well, what is the it? Stop expecting perfection from people. People mess up. People say things they shouldn't say. People drop the ball. And you're one of the people. So before you think your pastor's perfect, before you think your husband should be perfect, before you think your kids should be perfect, before you think your boss should be perfect, before you think, I, I should go back, before you think your wife should be perfect, I said husbands only, it might cause conflict. Before you think you're perfect, Psalms 33 and verse 22. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord. For our hope is in you alone. There's only one that will never hurt you. There's only one that will never do you wrong. There's only one that will not disappoint you. There's only one. His name is Jesus. So unmasking this conflict, the greatest way is to stop expecting people to have it all together when you yourself do not have it all together. Model Jesus. Let's stand together. I want to pray this over you today. I want to pray that we'll all just take this opportunity right now while I pray over you. I want you to repent. I want you to just set yourself free by what you've heard. And you may say, how's that work? Well, the Bible tells us that when you hear the Word of God, not, not a preacher, but when you hear the word of God, that your faith increases. It literally, you believe more in God when you hear more of his truth. And because of what you've heard today, your, your, your hearing has become greater believing. Hearing of the word of God. So respond in that measure of faith right now. And let's just push the reset button. Let's forgive people. Let's forgive ourselves. Let's allow God to heal us. And let's be free from any and all conflict that we've dropped the ball in with. There's a lot of hurt people in this service. You've been hurt by dads. You've been hurt by moms. 
You've been hurt by business, employment. You've been hurt. You've been hurt. You've been greatly disappointed in previous relationships. And there's a lot of it that was rightfully so that you should, you should feel that because you were done wrong. And this type of message is not sweeping things under the carpet and, and me telling you that you shouldn't feel that. What this message is for is for you to push the reset button and understand that life has a way. People have a way of hurting people. And life has a way about being unfair. But we can't get stuck in that trap of thinking that we're going to be made complete by people. Our completion comes from God. And we're going to try to navigate and walk through this landmine of conflict and issues. And we're going to try to do it the right way. The healthy way. Let me pray over you. Father, I just bless my friends today at this dismissal. The pains of yesterday and unfortunately the pains of tomorrow are real. The problems, the conflict, the trial, it's real. There's no such thing as this, this blind faith that we just believe there's nothing written. No, no, no. It's real. But you are just as real. And your word is just as real. So we throw away the handbook of our sin way of doing things. And we pick up the handbook of life. The word of God. And we're going to start handling these real life issues in a different way that we don't have to hide behind a mask. We're not going to manipulate behind the scenes. We're not going to run from the problems of life. We're going to embrace them. And we're going to put you in the middle of it. And not only will we survive it, we're going to actually thrive in it. We're going to take something that was meant to harm and we're going to turn it for good. By the help of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. I bless this 9 o'clock audience. Upon their dismissal, may they walk in the love, the fear and the honor, and the faith to survive and thrive through conflict. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord today. Amen. I love you guys so much, and I bless you in Jesus' name. Come say hello if you feel. May the Lord bless you.